Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Dr. Joanna Williamson. I'm here with Dr. Iris Cooper for The Window. How are you, my dear? You know what? I was just about ready to give you a glowing report of how I've come through the ups and downs of the holidays and the ups and downs of the year, which we're going to talk about. But then last night, something happened. And so I went out for a holiday gathering. And okay. I got back in and I had an email that a package had been dropped off on my porch. It was a package I was looking forward to. I had picked it out especially for the right person. And I looked on the porch for it and I didn't see it. And I looked in my somebody in the studio said, uh-oh, you know what I'm about to say, right? So I looked in my little ring camera and two minutes after that Amazon driver dropped it off, a little porch pirate appeared and just took the package. Are you kidding? I wish I were. And I'm going to tell you that every bit of compassion I thought I had cultivated in my many decades of life just flew straight out the window in terms of the thoughts that I thought. And I thought, wow, I'm as bad a shape right now emotionally and mentally as whatever demon curled up inside that person and made them think it was okay to walk up my driveway to my porch and steal my package. So thank God for our topic today because, Dr. I, I need a word. I know you do. I know. Well, I need a word, too, because um, the, the, the trend that we thought we were on this rest of this year seems to have reverted. And um, I'm so glad that we are blessed with two um, wise men oh isn't kind that of literally hold off on that we'll come back to that <laughs> wise men for christmas oh my gosh how wonderful is that um yeah it's been a year and um i've often interacted with you and we've tried to process where we've been where we are where we're going and and we don't have the tools to we be don't. able to to dissect this this situation we're in, but we we have two um, sages here today, uh, Pastor Michael Reeves. He's our in studio guest, and it's fitting that we talk to him for a minute first because it is his studio. <laughs> He's a boss. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm honored to be your guest. I'm really honored to be your guest. So I'm here to share with two beautiful Nubian queens. Um, That's why we love you. <laughs> who, who I love to life because their show brings so much inspiration and hope to everybody. So I'm glad to be here and appreciate the opportunity to share with both of you. Thank you. Pastor Mike Reeves is, is senior pastor of Corinthian Baptist Church here in Columbus, Ohio, but he's also program director of 1580thepraise.com, for which we have now done 40 shows Isn't today. Isn't that great? Congratulations. Great. Congratulations. So we are so honored that you reached out actually to Dr. I about a, mm, over a year ago this time, maybe. I've been following him for years. Yeah, yeah. So I was just in the right place at the right time. Listen, I'm so happy that we reached out to each other um, because you all are class personified and the professionalism that you all bring to the show um, it's great. The window is, is great. And for folk who may be listening for the first time, keep listening because you will get information that you'll find no place else. 
Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that shameless plug. We appreciate it. <laughs> and not only that, um, for, for uh, Dr. Joe and I, it's been a ministry mm-hmm. um, for our lives. Because as we've gone through 2021, we've had some ups and downs and curveballs and illnesses mm-hmm. and, and twists and turns and, and all surprises, of all of the above, all of the above. And with each other, we've been able to process it. We process it through the lens of the window and we brought in special guests and, and, and truthfully, some of these guests that we've had on here have been speaking to us. They have been. And so if any of our guests from the past year are listening, and I hope they are, just extraordinary thanks to you. Our guests have been, when, when we call them, they come and they just they just spout out wisdom. We're always in awe of our guests. So with that in mind, Pastor Rees, we're giving you a big task today. We, we, we thought when 2020 ended that we had, we had made it to the other side, and here we are, the end of 2021. And so what are you seeing? When you look through your window at the year behind us and the years to come, what are you seeing? This year has been rough on everybody. Um, I think that <clears throat> when we saw COVID going down, that we thought we had maybe turned the corner. But now, I mean, the surge and a lot of misinformation going out uh, from the anti-vaxxers and um, a lot of people are becoming deathly sick because of misinformation and um, risking the lives of other healthy people. And... um, you know, when the vaccine first came out, I was somewhat suspect, but um, I thought about it, prayed about it, and I'm like, hey, you know what? At least I can do what I can to protect my family. And uh, when my wife and I talked about it, it was like, <clears throat> let's do it, let's get it done. And, um, you know, so the thousands of people that are dying, and what I heard last night was that 90% of the people who are in these hospitals and filling these hospitals up to capacity are unvaccinated people. And um, I think like 54% of the population in the state of Ohio have been um, vaccinated. And we got a long way to go. And right now that's the only thing that we have really to protect us, that a mask, keep our hands washed and all that kind of thing. Because our country cannot afford, we cannot afford to shut down again. I, oh, I think that will be so disastrous if we shut down this country again. It's going to be a hot mess. And so, you know, we still have to do all the safety things that we've done. And we got to fight it. You know, um, I was listening to the newly elected mayor of New York. And he says, it's a monster. And we've got to fight it with everything that we have. And so I think that has been one of the biggest things. The second thing that I think that has really been, has really bothered me is the violence. Being a resident of Columbus, Ohio, born and raised here on the southeast side of Columbus, um, I've never seen our city with the violence that we've had recently. And this year, we are reportedly to surpass the percentage rate of Chicago with homicides. And our population is nowhere near the size of Chicago, which is alarming. Um, at last count, we are at 188. 
and I saw something in the news today that someone got killed last night, you know, and the year is not over and we could very well go to like 200 people. Mm -hmm. And so you look at all the different cities and that's what I did. I went around and, and kind of looked at numbers from various cities. That's a lot of people being killed in America, the United States of America, the home of the brave and the free. That's a lot of people being killed when you take all of these cities, New York, um, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, um, and all these big cities, let alone the smaller ones, the number of people that are being killed. And then the state Senate passed uh, a bill this past week to uh, make it legal for any uh, state resident to carry a weapon without a license, a CCW. And so when I look at all this stuff, I'm like, God, please come because I don't know how we endure much more than what we're doing right now, where we are right now. And <clears throat> I was in a Bible study several weeks ago and I was sharing with our church and one of my, my sound texts said, Pastor, can you give us some good news? And unfortunately, I couldn't. I couldn't give I couldn't give them and say, hey, it's going to get better. Um, and from a spiritual standpoint, we'll talk about that a little later, but it's been a rough year. And um, I'm very concerned about where we are. Very concerned. We all are. You know, last time you, you graced our show, it was Resur Resurrection Weekend. It was Easter weekend. And um, Dr. I and I also turned to our personal pastor, Dr. C. Dexter Wise III of Faith Ministries Church here in Columbus, and we had the two of you just talking to us about the meaning of the resurrection and, and how to, to bring spiritual meaning into what's going on, which as you said, we wanna do, but we were on the verge of reaching out to Dr. Wise again today to join us, and all of a sudden it dawned on us that it's, it's not just a stereotype oh, or people. slogan when we say oh, we're leaving the world to another generation, mm -hmm. and so we thought maybe it would be fitting to bring in Dr. Wise's I'm going to call him the sole heir to the throne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Because yep. I tease him all the time. But mm -hmm. Dr. Wise has several generations of his own family that he has brought into the, the, the ministerial fold. And so we are delighted to have the son of, for those of you who know Dr. C. Dexter Wise III, you also know that his son has made quite a name for himself here in Central Ohio and nationally. So Salon Wise, thank you for joining us on The Window. It is my honor and privilege to be here. Now, I must say that sole heir to the throne, I don't know about all that, but <laughs> but it is great to be with you all, and uh, I'm looking forward to the day. Thank you so much. So b before I go much farther, I, a, a little I gave you a chance, Alon, and, and a little birdie had to tell me something that you wouldn't tell me. So perhaps I should introduce you as the Grammy-nominated Salon Wise? <laughs> well, yes, that is, uh, this has been a year of, of unbelievable things in many ways, um, and, and many of those events and occurrences have been on the negative side. Um, I can't believe what's going on in our communities. I can't believe what's going on in our schools. But uh, in the midst of that, God will every once in a while drop in a ray of sunshine and an unexpected blessing. And um, my my wife, Ashley, and two boys, Salon and Caleb, um, have a YouTube channel called The Wise Channel where we do 
um, you know, family-friendly, classroom family, classroom-friendly music. Um, and we were able to link up with a group of other African-American artists who create family music um, for a project that is called um, All One Tribe by the One Tribe Collective. And long story short, God has moved and we are now Grammy nominated as a, as a group. So looking forward to that. And um, whatever happens moving forward is just a blessing to, to be able to, to say that we've come this far. And make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Is that your motto? Hey, yes, right about now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So when and where are the Grammy Awards so we can cheer you on? Yeah, yeah. So it is held on January 31st, Monday, uh, January 31st, in Los Angeles at the Staples Center, which is now, I think, Crypto.com Center. It got bought out. Um, and, yeah, we're... we're hoping to have a chance to go out there and and um enjoy the ceremony and and take the kids and everything so we're looking forward to a a great time so that's one possible answer to the dilemma we're all looking at as to how to push through this it sounds like you've been using this time as a way to nurture your creative gifts the gifts you were given from the lord to do your work in his kingdom because if we all did that then maybe we'd be living in a different kingdom right now Maybe so, and I must admit it's easier said than done, um, because right now, as as Pastor Reeves alluded to, I mean, there is so much going on, and I think I was speaking with you earlier, saying how 2020, 2021 has just kind of been like one long year, um, and, and everywhere we look, it seems like there are different signs of, of trouble, different issues and challenges that are arising. Um, of course, we have the pandemic that we are still trying to get a hold of. If we look in our schools, we see that um, there's a battle that some are undertaking to attempt to remove truthful education regarding history of our country in our schools. Um, our city is, is dealing with uh, violence, and not just in our city, but our nation, with violence, with climate change, with with. Uh, 60 degrees in, in December, and I mean, you can increase the scope and broaden it out to include um, wars and rumors of wars, Ukraine and Russia, and uh, everywhere you look, it seems like there are different challenges. However, through it all, we know that God has allowed us to be here for a reason, for this time, and even though we can't do something about everything, we can do something about our little circle. We can do something about our family, our schools, our communities, our churches, our brothers and sisters. Um, so yes, for me and for my family, that does include creativity, it includes ministry, and to the extent that we can improve the situation of those who, are, who we are able to touch, I mean, we'll do what it takes. So let's break this down. That's a lot from both of you. Thank you. Let, let's start talking about um, family. And by the way, to our listeners, when you hear noise in the background, we truly are an urban station. When we say in we're looking the through the window, the literally, <laughs> we're looking through the window. So that, that's the noise of the world that you hear in terms of traffic and that type of thing. But but let's start with this thing called family. So so pastor reeves you're raising your grandchildren salon you have two young black males how how old are each of the young people in your household my grandson is 14 oldest granddaughter is 
12. She'll be 13 next month. And the youngest is 11. She'll be 12 in March. And they are the love of my life. Um, I thank God for them. Um, just wasn't planning on being parents again. Um, but nevertheless, God has given us the fortitude and the strength um, to carry on. And, you know, I was sharing before we went on the air last night was our Christmas tree decorating. And uh, we had a ball. And my kids are so funny at this point. And we just had a great time. And I'm always trying to talk to them and impart in them wisdom. And um, had an incident probably a couple weeks ago. My son, went, my grandson wanted to go to a skating rink. And I said, Tay, I trust you. I trust you. I said, but I have a problem with where you're going. And I don't trust all the people that are there. And he looked at me and said, I understand, Grandpa. And so we found out we did something else. Um, but family, part of our dilemma is family and the lack thereof. Amen. And understanding what family is all about. We've got children raising parents when parents ought to be raising children. Mm -hmm. um, and again, in the words of my dad, my late father, he always used to tell us, he says, I'm an old campaigner, been on the trail a long time. And so now I can say the words of him. I'm an old campaigner, been on the trail a long time. But um, what we had as family, number one, um, my mother and father were married for 52 years. I never worried uh, where my mother was or where my dad was. When I came home from school, my mother was there. Um, at night, before we went to bed, my dad was there. Um, sometimes he had to work at night. But a lot of that is gone today. A lot of that is gone. And you got children who are raising themselves with no leadership, um, parents who don't understand the importance of raising their children, man. I mean, um, you know, even from a spiritual standpoint, the Bible reminds us to train up a child in the way that we should go, uh, in the way that they should go. And when evil days come, they would not depart. We now have children raising parents, parents who are addicted to drugs, to a lot of different things. I mean, there's so many variables with the family today that um, it, it, it alarms me to say the least. Um, and I think part of our problem is that we don't realize the importance or the sanctity of what the family is all about. Mm. And um, the, if you have weak families, you'll have a weak community, you'll have weak schools, you'll have weak churches, because it all starts with the family. And God has a plan for it. He, he gave us a plan for the family. And we've stepped, we've stepped outside of that plan. And I hate to sound preachy, but that's just who you, I am. You just no, can't help agree. yourself. Absolutely. And Salon, you, you mentioned schools as well. We have just a few minutes in, until the break to start this discussion. But with your young men in, in the schools, what do you think the role of the school is as it relates to society and the, the role of the family as well? Yeah, yeah, and, and this is such a, a full topic, just dealing with the schools. We might have to extend it beyond the break. But, um, yes, let's stop right now and go into the break, and we'll pick it up okay. when we come back on the window. All right.
so much. We're back with um, two very accomplished, very sincere black men of God. And we're talking about the world that we're living in, not just physically, but talking about values that uh, appear to have disappeared since we grew up. And I get criticized often about looking at the world through my lens. I'm a baby boomer. I remember when the ice cream man came down the street in the summer mm. and I'd have a fit to get out of my bedroom and run down there in the dark and get ice cream and my parents were home and they'd come outside with me to get ice cream. That image is gone. And yes, I certainly appreciate technology as much as anyone, but at the same time, there are some things that you can't see, that you can't smell, that you can't put in a box that we've lost. And so how do we make the best of that? I'm a baby boomer, too, and everybody younger than me I just call a millennial. But Salon Wise, one of our guests today, really is a millennial. And so just before the break, we were beginning to talk to him about school. Pastor Mike Reeves in studio was talking to us about family. And, of course, we know so much of the time of our children is spent in school. So, Salon, share with us what you were beginning to share before the break about the role of the schools. Right, yeah. So... I mean, in, in my opinion, uh, the role of the school is to academically prepare our children um, for life as an adult, to be an employee, to start a business, to be productive citizens. Um, but it doesn't just stop with the academics because um, I believe that the education should also lend itself to edifying the whole student, which leads to issues of social awareness, which leads to making sure that every student um, has a sense of belonging, knowing that they belong in the space where they learn. Um, and, and teachers, my goodness, teachers and educators are amazing human beings <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because they do so many different jobs in addition to just teaching in the classroom. Oftentimes they're social workers, they're guidance counselors, they're psychologists and um, sometimes they're nurses and doctors uh, and it to ask anything extra of them almost seems embarrassing um, and and like it wouldn't be right to do but I do believe that there is a component to our education that we expect for our children to have that also includes a social awareness piece and um, my wife and I not too long ago several years ago moved into a district that is renowned for their academic success. I mean, they pump out some really good graduates who are academically ready for the world. But over the past couple years and how everything has kind of come back to the surface here recently, we've realized along with other parents in other school districts that there's a lot of work that can be done regarding um, that second piece, that, that issue of making sure that every student feels like they belong, they have an awareness about them being a part of a community, um, awareness of history, where we've come from um, as a country, as a people, as a community. Um, so so in, in an effort to try and encourage that, 
we started a nonprofit, which is called Parent Diversity Network, mm. um, and it started in our district. And the goal is uh, to raise awareness, advocacy, accountability, and action regarding all areas of diversity. So I think one of the issues, as Pastor Reeves said, and, uh, and you two as well, is we have to return to some parts of what brought us here. We have to return to parent involvement, to um, families getting together, but we also have to be aware that the traditional family isn't what it used to be. You know, um, the elements of what makes a family, it just looks different. It's not always a mom and a dad and two kids and a dog. Um, sometimes it's single parent. Sometimes it's a grandparent raising a child. Sometimes um, it's all different types of combinations. But we can still, even though we have these different types of families and facing modern challenges, we can still use the tools that bind families together, which is love and togetherness and honesty. We can use those tools to help repair our family structures and also to help make a difference in our schools and communities. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. So as we talk about families, I am painfully aware that this time of year is very hard for people who have had changes in their family structure. They've lost people. Perhaps they're estranged from their family. Some families are just broken. And one of my favorite Christmas memories, which now is painful for me, is that in my mom's house, there just were no limits to who was family. And and my cousins have carried on that tradition, so I'm very blessed by having a huge extended family. But Pastor Reeves, I remember several months ago, I shared that sentiment. I said, gee, for people who don't have family, when you see the phrase family is everything, that automatically sends you into a depression because you go, well, gee, I have nothing. And, and, and I don't know if you remembered, but you talked to me about the whole concept of family being not just blood relatives. You know, <clears throat> one of the things that I talk about in our church a lot is that we are family. And looking at that and not being biological family members, we are family. And, you know, um, sometimes I feel guilty that I'm a preacher. But, you know, the Bible says men will know that you're my disciples by the love we have one to another. Mm -hmm. And there's another passage of scripture that we are to be especially good to the members of the household of faith. We're family. And part of what happens in church in many instances, not all, but in many instances is we kind of fake, man. We say all the fakey stuff. You know, I love you. You know, if you ever need me, just call me. <laughs> you know, yeah. but when I call you, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, you know. Um, and I think that we have to really be real uh, this past Thanksgiving, um, we invited um, a couple of our members who really don't have family mm -hmm. per se in Columbus, you know, and, and, and many don't have family. And so when I told to my wife, I said, babe, I said, listen, I have a couple of people that I want us to invite to our house. And she said, oh, that's no problem. And when they came, we treated them like family. Mm -hmm. Hey, take your shoes off. And one of the persons, it was funny, after they had eaten, man, they do what I do. They went straight past go to sleep, you know? <laughs> That's family. You know, yeah. you can go to sleep anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm a real stickler for that, you know? And I think that's where in the church that we have to do a better job is to showing folk 
that hey, we're family. When you hurt, I hurt, you know? And that's probably my weak suit because I hate to see people hurting. Mm-hmm. I hate to see people hurting. Um, that is um, that is a theme, again, that was carried out in my family time and time again, Pastor Reeves. Not only did we invite people, but when they came, they were welcome. My mother on Christmas Day had a Santa bag right by the door that she filled up with stocking stuffers because she said, not only is everybody welcome, everybody's but when they come through that door, everybody's going to get something. Get some. yep. And it wasn't until I became an adult that I realized how many of the kids who always came to our house not only for the holidays but year round because my mother said you know what if if my kids feel like our home is welcome to their friends then I'll always know where they are so you can't trust everybody to come into your home hear me say that but it it wasn't until I became an adult that I found out how many kids came to our home as as refuge because they weren't in a good family situation and when things got a little heated Dr. Ida go back to the whole neighborhood concept. They knew they could come down the street and and sit in my family's living room and watch a game with my dad and 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 just go nuts. And so that that whole family concept, we always like for our listeners to think about what they can do. One thing that you can do is to to reach out to somebody who it's okay if in your family picture you have somebody who's not a blood relative. You'll look back on that fondly years later as well. Now, just thinking about those times of family and love and acceptance, um, I grew up in a neighborhood as one of the first black families in the neighborhood. And in my elementary school, if there was, you know, 10 black students in the school, that was normal. But my mother and the white lady that lived next door, Mrs. Falls, became best friends and of course this is late 60s every new year's eve they spent it together they talked about their families they talked about what they had in common they talked about good things they helped each other figure do problem solving and that's something else that we've got to reckon with is we have seen some of the worst treatment of people that don't necessarily have the same backgrounds ever this hatred for someone who's not like you that doesn't come from the same country that you come from let alone the same neighborhood there's something going on that's that's nurturing that's fertilizing this horrible horrible spirit of not liking people that don't look like you and and so let's take it to that level so we started out the show by talking about as individuals what we can do to try to push through this and we heard that salon wise was out making grammy nominated kinds of music albums yeah, right, right. <laughs> while i was going to the refrigerator dealing with the COVID 19 <laughs> he and his family were being creative so on an individual level really focusing in on why you're here god has a purpose for us to be here and that purpose doesn't deviate based on external circumstances and then bringing it into the 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 communal sense how do we form family not only as 
as biological units, but as the family of God. And now, Dr. I, you're talking about the, the bigger political issues. Salon, I know you said that, that you and your wife formed a group that's doing a little bit of advocacy. So, so talk to us, right. and I know within the church, too, you helped orchestrate some advocacy groups around the events of 2020 and, and 2021. What, what's going on in terms of our ability to impact what's happening in this, in this country? In the world. Right, right. So, yeah, as you alluded to, um, shortly after the the killing of George Floyd and the international protests and, and reckoning and and uh, supposed, I should say, awakening of of a lot of folks who never realized that apparently this was an issue. Um, you know, at Faith, we had an online forum called "Say Something, Do Something." And one thing that I really appreciate about Faith Ministries and, you know, Corinthian and so many other uh, houses of God is that we realize that, yes, we need to uh, foster our relationship and our love for Christ. We want to be disciples, but that also includes not just going into church and and praising God, but what are we going to do outside of the walls of church? What are we going to do to affect our community? What are we going to do to make sure that the next generation doesn't have to deal with the same issues that this generation does, or if they do, at least it may have a little less of a sting to it. Um, so that was kind of the, the, the thinking behind that forum. Uh, we felt like it was important to say something, to just get it out. Um, and that's one of the beautiful things about having access to the window, because you can open it up and you can just let it out. Everything that has been locked in the house, every all the tension, all the anxiety, all the frustration, all the anger, open up the window, say something, um, express, express where you are. Um, but then don't just stop there, do something. And, and we had different committees uh, focused on different aspects of uh, of issues that needed to be changed, whether it was criminal, uh, the criminal justice system, education, politics, um, and even in the church. And really, that's where our nonprofit uh, spurred from, sparked from, from that conversation. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's very important. And I think as it relates to the House of God, there are thousands of books. The Bible is filled with a ton of parables and stories and, and, and teachings, but when it comes down to it, it's about love. It's about love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and then also love your neighbor as yourself. So if we can just centralize those messages of love, um, it might sound uh, Pollyanna, it might sound like how is love going to deal with all the issues we face, but as a community of Christ, a community of believers, if we can centralize those messages and exemplify them as well, um, then we will have those days where we'll have the, the stocking by the front door and people walk in because we love our neighbor as ourselves. And we will open up our church doors and, and see folks who walk in who don't just look like us and think like us, but they represent the communities we live in. So um, I'm, I think that love is definitely central in trying to make that impact. Sir, I I agree with you 100,000%. And, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, I leave two commandments with you. And upon those two hang the entire law. The first is love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul. 
and strength. And the second is like unto it that you love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, I'm a firm believer. Um, somebody said, well, why can't we just celebrate Christmas or the spirit of Christmas every day? We could celebrate Christmas and the spirit of Christmas every day if we understood those two commandments, um, to love thy neighbor. And I was just looking at another um, passage of scripture, Matthew 24, um, verse 12, and this was Jesus talking, and it says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And because we have become such a godless society, um, people's hearts, we don't care. You know, if you blow your horn at somebody, you better be careful because you might get shot. You know, yeah. that's how crazy it is. Um, you go to the gas station uh, or you pull in front of somebody, you you may have a major crisis on your hand. And so when you look at, at where we are in biblical times and what the Bible says, you know, the Apostle Paul says in the last days perilous times will come. Um, Men will be lovers of themselves, uh, high-minded, heady, um, truce breakers, and it goes on and on and on and on. And, and what we're seeing is, I feel, one man's opinion, that we're seeing the scriptures fulfill itself right before our very eyes. And never in my lifetime have I seen the sense of violence. When, and, and Pastor Wise, probably you remember when you were in school, we probably had disagreements and I'm a lot older than you. We had a disagreement. We may fight, but man, before the day was over, we was having lunch together or we were back playing football mm. or basketball together and it was done. This is, yeah. you know, and seeing children and, and this last incident where the two children were killed. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just, it's heartless. The, the scariest one for me, and I know we got to go to a break. But when I saw that little boy, I think it was up in Michigan. 14. And his yeah. parents that bought yeah. him the gun. And when they were all in the newspaper, if they didn't look like somebody from another planet, I don't know who did. And even worse, and when we come back from break, I'm afraid we're going to have to bring in the whole political environment we're in. Even worse, a week later, there were... U.S. Congress people taking pictures around Christmas trees, holding arsenal, saying Santa bring bullets. So wrong for so many reasons. We're going to talk more about that when we come back on the window. We are back on the window, our last show of the 2021 calendar year, and we couldn't think of anything we needed more, Dr. I, than a word. And so we're so honored to be joined in studio by Pastor Mike Reese, Program Director for 1580thepraise.com and Senior Pastor of Corinthian Baptist Church. And on the line, Salon Wise. Grammy nominated. I'm going to keep saying that until I can say oh, Grammy boy. Award winner. Yeah, okay, because we're going to get That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, from Faith Ministries oh, Church. Boy. And again, we are we are sitting here in Columbus, Ohio, but so much of what we're saying applies to the entire nation. And so we left off with talking about our country and the leadership or lack thereof. Gentlemen, are we headed for a civil war? Are our scriptures being fulfilled in terms of the end of the world? What is going? I feel like Marvin Gaye. Mm -hmm. What's, What's going on? <laughs> 
You know, one of the things that I think, and, and Pastor, you jump in here when you want to. Um, again, our country. Um, truth crushed to earth will rise again. And part of our problem is, in the words of Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> and, um, you know, what we're seeing now is all the stuff that we were taught in school has basically been a lie. Um, and so we honored Christopher Columbus, the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, um, only discover that he was not who he said he was and he didn't discover anything. That George Washington never told a lie, which was the biggest lie. You know, and it goes on and on and on. And so now that this is coming forward, um, it's challenging people, black and white. Um, what have we been, you know, who can we trust? Um, the next month, it'll be a year for uh, our democracy was attacked, you know, um, from within. And with the president of the past president of the United States at the head, you know, and so our country is in a major place right now and it would not surprise we can go e either way you know i remember when the soviet union we went to bed one night there was a soviet union the next day the soviet union was gone it was gone and um <clears throat> again without sounding preachy i i think that we have become a country that has strayed away from god period We've not been honest with how the country was started. Um, we came in beating up people, taking stuff. Um, Native Americans have never gotten their due. Um, then the whole period of slavery. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff that we don't want to, let me say it this way, don't beat me up, that my <laughs> white counterparts don't want to accept or deal with and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It means that the history is what it is. And we, we have the millennials, the generation, generation Xers, Zers, all the different things mm -hmm. now, you know. And they're not going for it. They're not going for it. Um, so I, I think that we're in a major place right now. And it could go either way. There's a major problem that we're going to have to reckon with before we go forward, in my opinion. It used to be that the truth and a lie were different. Mm. They used to be on different sides of the street. They used to be told by different kinds of people. But today, it seems like a lie is as good as the truth if you get people to follow you. Yeah. And there's no difference in terms of quality or how you live because lies seem to be predominant in every area. every area of government, every area of business. It's all about getting people to follow you and sound like you know what you're talking about when you don't. And I got so caught up in it last year in the news, I was glued to the news almost all day long because it was such a reckoning for me growing up in an environment where there was no doubt what was good and bad in my household. 
I mean, you would be uh, 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 updated daily what was going to work and what wasn't. But in today's world, a leader can espouse nothing but lies and still be a leader. Yeah. And real quick, you know, it's on both sides. It's not just Republicans. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's on both sides. And when I look at our political, um, when I look at the, the politics in our country, I'm very concerned because we're at a place now that we don't know who to trust. Um, you have to really do due diligence. You, you have to do due diligence. And what looks like one thing, when it's all said and done, it's going to be something totally different. Yeah. And I mean, I, I agree with um, with that notion of truth versus a lie, um, whereas that that doesn't seem to be the case right now. It seems like it's it's not truth versus lie it's left versus right or liberal versus conservative or black versus white. Um, when when folks are racing to the, the margins, <laughs> getting as far away from each other as they can, the truth lies in the middle somewhere um and one one thing that i would say uh which seems to be a ray of sunshine i guess is although over the past since 2016 um it seems like our leadership has given permission for folks to to kind of let out what they've been thinking for a long time but it wasn't politically correct um, and the backlash that we're seeing now, um, in some ways, I'll take the positive where I can get it. In some ways, I am glad that folks are coming out the woodworks and publicly saying what they feel and what they're about, um, because at least I know, <laughs> I know who I'm living next to. Um, I know who is in my community, and I'm just the type of person I don't want somebody to put a white hood in their closet. If you're going to have it, wear it, you know? <laughs> so, so I know how to, how to manage it and deal with people. Um, and like Pastor Reeves said, uh, this generation, a lot of them aren't having it. And, and they're finding ways to, we haven't gotten to the, the heights of the 60s yet in terms of, um, you know, civil rights. But they're finding ways to organize, to get together, to use the tools and the technology of the day to try and combat some of those lies. Um, so it's it's a tough situation, but but um, but at least there is a silver lining that we know what people are thinking and we know what we're up against. So speaking of the tools and technologies, and I'm also trying to find some positives here when we talk about lies. I think one I, it used to be that when I would hear about someone committing a crime and and people using their mobile phones to record it, I would say, get off the mobile phone and call the police. Mm. And now that video is so important because you're like, okay, can I believe my lying eyes as to what I'm actually seeing? And that has led some of my Caucasian associates, who I would now say are even closer as friends, that's just led them to pick up the phone and go, you know what? maybe I wasn't seeing this and, and, and maybe you all had a point all along about what was happening and one of them pointed out to me and so I will ask you to men of families and men of the cloth one of my Caucasian friends said to me it looks like this is a classic battle of, of good and evil just good and evil colliding in every aspect of our society now and what are we going to do to tap into the, the good sides of ourselves 
to defeat what scripture says we can always do if we call on the proper tools to de- defeat evil. It's a, what it's a community of extremes too, not just here on the ground, but globally. There are extreme weather patterns, there are extreme violence, extremes good and bad seem to be as far away as they've ever been. I'm a firm believer of the second coming of Jesus Christ. I believe that he's coming back. And I believe that um, one of the things that I've learned in my studies, God never moves in judgment without giving a warning. And God, you know, if you remember the color purple, um, the final song that uh, the lady saying God is trying to tell us something mm-hmm. and I honestly believe that God is trying to tell us something and and the problem is we're not really listening we 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 are throwing money we're throwing all this stuff but nobody's saying what second chronicles 714 says if my people who are called by my name who will humble themselves turn from their wicked ways seek my face pray he says then I'll heal their land forgive them of their sins we don't want to acknowledge that we've sinned. We don't want to acknowledge that we've messed up. And we just keep going, 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 going. And as a result of that, God is saying to us, hey, I'm trying to give you a warning. The very word pandemic comes from a word plague. Um, this thing uh, from scientists are saying that this is not just a pandemic, but it's an endemic, which means it's going to be here for a while. It's, it's, it's going to be here for a while. And then you have the anti-vaxxers who are saying, uh, I'm not doing this, you don't need to do it. It's, you know, they're trying to get rid of everybody. <laughs> really? And so I, I think that what we have to do, man, we gotta fight the good fight. We gotta keep fighting the good fight. We gotta keep fighting the good fight. And, and for me, I think that the church of God, the church of God has gotta stand up and hear in my old age, and I wish I felt like this 45 years ago. I really do. But the problem with the church today is we are trying to fit in. We will never fit in. We were not made to fit in. And if you look at the history of the church, they always called hell. They called hell for doing the right thing. We want to fit in. We don't want to challenge. We don't want to speak truth to power. We just want to make sure that everything is going nice and smooth. And it's got to change. You know, um, the Bible says that we're the, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And Michelle Williams has a song that says, if the church is the light, then why is the world so dark? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll just jump in and say um, I, I agree with a lot of that. And, and as believers, I don't think that we need to be afraid of some trouble. Um, I don't think that we need to be afraid of some good trouble. Absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, as, as John Lewis kind of made famous, but also if we look biblically, I mean, how many of the folks that we preach about and speak about on Sunday morning were in a sort of bondage? They were in some type of oppressive situation, and they got into trouble. They, they did something about it, but the good news is that each and every time God delivered them out of it. Um, so, so I definitely agree that we do not need to just kind of rest and be comfortable and, and, and kind of just go along to get along, but push back, push back, do what we can in our own communities, um, 
and and also realize that we are not alone. There are a lot of folks who don't look like us who are pushing for the same thing that we're pushing for um, and realizing that we can extend and broaden that community as well. A year ago, and we're almost out of time, but I've got to try to wrap this up with some something we can take into the new year. But a year ago, I told my friend, my colleague, Dr. Joe, that um, I had been told that we should embark on this journey of trying to explain a very complicated world to innocent people, people that are trying to figure out what's right, what's wrong, what should we be doing, what should we be talking about based upon the benefit we've received from being educated and being introduced to a lot of different concepts. And and thankfully we were led to Pastor Reeves and and VKO or 1580 The Praise. And uh, little did we know that we would have so much to talk about. <laughs> So much to talk about. And, and the meaning of the term pray without ceasing. Amen. Came to light every single And we've Saturday. leaned on this show for strength. Um, actually, God told us at the last minute to do this topic. Mm-hmm. Everybody we went to this week was busy to talk about their topics. Mm-hmm. And then it just dawned on us that this is the last show of the year. And we have been successful in bringing it together for the most part every week, dissecting what's going on in this world and trying to present it in a format that regular people like us can understand. And here we are today looking at 2022, and we're thankful that we have Pastor Wayne here helping us get through it with the technology. But, But look at it. And and so we do have so much to be grateful for, even in the midst of adversity, even in this hard season for those of us who have lost people. Keeping your mind on the reason for the season means that those who have transitioned because of the miracle of the birth of baby Jesus and the whole start of that process of, of resurrection, that's why our loved ones are still with us through the gift of everlasting life. And so there's something to celebrate even in this season. To Salon Wise, we are not above shameless plugs for people who spend their time. So everyone look up C-E-Y-L-O-N Wise on the <laughs> internet. Along with, I said he was the sole heir to the throne. He corrected me. He has two, three beautiful sisters, Shauna Crockett, <laughs> Sherry Chafin, and Sybil Skye, who are all doing marvelous things in their own right to your parents, Dr. C. Dexter Wise and, and Dr. Shirley Wise and to the whole generation of grandchildren who I couldn't begin to name. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for all you bring to the community. And, and Pastor Reeves, we are so honored to have been at this microphone for the last 40 weeks huh? because of your belief in us. Well, don't get tired yet. <laughs> it's a lot to talk about. And hopefully we'll come back in 2022 with some predictions some expectations hopefully some good news from 1580topraise.com and some new looks for the window in terms of having a, a home for all of the audio tapes from our shows you may have missed and a way for you to communicate us with us during the show via gmail so we will join you again on january the 8th right have a merry christmas happy holiday happy new year there is hope there is hope and we find the hope within each one of us through our belief in this station in christ jesus 
Amen. Thank you, everyone. Happy holidays. We'll see you in hey, January. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much.